Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, an award-winning podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your co-host, Jen Amos, also a Gold Star daughter and veteran spouse. And as always in season four, especially, I have my amazing co-host with me who is an active duty military spouse going 12 years now, mom of two and mental health advocate, Jenny Lynch Troop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And we are excited because we are chatting with an incredible military spouse all the way in Germany right now. So let me go ahead and bring on Jessica Lynn. Jessica Lynn is an Air Force wife going on 15 years, mom of three young kids, currently stationed in Germany. But get this, she recently endured solo parenting for more than a year and PCS during a pandemic. Wow. Jessica, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I know that we were talking a little bit offline when I was reading your introduction at first, and you were very surprised to hear me say it out loud. So how did that impact you to know that you went through it, but for me to say it out loud for you? So when I was just a military girlfriend, and even as a young Air Force military wife, I would hear stories about military wives who have done solo parenting for a year or longer than a year, Mm -hmm. and it blew my mind. I could not wrap my head around that. When we were like younger military spouses, we would go through one month, two month deployments. We got some six months in there, but a year is a really long time. So to hear it out loud that we actually did it, it still doesn't seem real. I mean, those 372 days were very real, but it's very nice to be on the other side. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's nice to kind of look back and be like, yeah, I earned that badge of solo parenting for a year. But I imagine in the thick of it, you're like, how is this even possible? I think I was similar when I married my husband. He was enlisted in on shore duty. And so he worked like, you know, an eight hour shift and came home. And it was just like anybody else. And Then he was no longer on shore duty and I did a lot of solo parenting and a lot of, you know, things by myself that even when we first got married, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm sure that happens, but mm, that sounds hard, but whatever. And, you know, then I had to do it. And I very much like Jessica was like, on the backside of it, you go, holy moly. Like when I tell my story out loud and watch people's face change, when I go, I had a baby while he yes. was deployed and we did back-to-back deployments and then we moved and did it. And they go, so how long have you been doing this? And I'm like, well, that was just a year and a half. And <laughs> their response is, oh my God, that was a lot of life, like packed into all of that. I mean, that's really what I took out of Jessica's story. Like it's weird to be on the backside and realize all you've done because those day-to-days are long. The last time I solo parented, I distinctly remember putting my toddlers to bed at 5 p.m. and also going to bed at 5 p.m. many nights because I was just worn out. Absolutely. I'm totally nodding my head over here because that's exactly it. The days are long. The year is short somehow. 
and you just get through it again somehow. You just do it. During that year, I moved solo, which that's crazy to say. I moved myself and my three kids from California to New Mexico so I could be closer to family. And we did that alone. The military did not move us. Wow. Yeah. Like, how did I do that? (laughs) But we did it because that's what you do. You pull your military spouse, big girl panties on, and you just get it done. Yeah. I mean, looking back at the solo parenting for a year, first and foremost, what do you feel like was kind of the key for you to get through that year or to like endure that year? Like when you look back, you're like, because I did this, I was able to make through it. Obviously in the thick of it, I'm sure you don't think about those things, but looking back, like, what do you feel like was the one thing that maybe kept you going? So I actually did think of it. And I think having years of solo parenting just sprinkled in helped but it's really getting into a routine. Mm-hmm. It's that my kids know we're going to get up. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to do something that day, whatever that may be. Maybe we're moving to another state or whatever we're going to do. They know that it's just going to be constant and I'm going to be there with them. It is early bedtimes. That is something that definitely is very high on my book. We have quiet time. They go to their room and then they stay there unless something catastrophic is happening. And they know that from a really young age, my kids were two, oh gosh, how old were they? They were young, five, three, and seven, mm-hmm. something like that. So <laughs> start to blur. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I just very routine, keep consistency. Mm, yeah. I like that. Jenny Lynn, I saw you nodding a lot. So I thought I'd check in with you. Oh yeah. I mean, I would add another C to that consistency. And for me, it was community. The last time I really solo parented, you know, I relied a lot both on my military spouse friends and also my family because I was fortunate enough to live in my hometown and actually live with my parents the last time my husband deployed. And so, you know, for me, it was having the collective help of everyone, but also that consistency, like prior to learning about that deployment, we'd already signed my son up for preschool. Well, it was 45 minutes from my parents' house, but we did it every Monday and Wednesday. And it was just, that's what we did. And it was one of those things that kept us, you know, in the groove and, you know, moving. And then when Matthew got to come home, like mid deployment for R&R, my first response was, you don't get to do this. Like we have to go somewhere and do something that is so totally different because we cannot insert you into this routine just to have you pulled out of it. And so we went to Disney world, which I realize is not possible in pandemic life, but it was when the last deployment we did, but that was one of the things is it wouldn't have been consistent to add him in and then to have to take him back out again. Yes. And kind of along those same lines, another C is celebrate We Mm -hmm. celebrated the 10th of every single month because that is what that's the day that he left. And we celebrated. They got to pick each month. We'd go out for donuts or we'd go out for ice cream or we did bowling one day, I think. And we took a picture. We celebrated the heck out of that day that we survived Mm -hmm. another month. My husband also came home during mid tour. And thank goodness it was during their Christmas break because I was having the same fears. Like, I do Mm -hmm. not want you coming here messing up our routine because that's going to mess everything up. I'm going to go crazy. So thankfully they had a break and we got to celebrate not with our routine messed up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's okay. You could be reckless (laughs) during during the break. (laughs) I'm curious to know, you know, in that year alone of taking care of your kids or solo parenting your kids, and I know that they're still young, but how did they 
I guess, work through that year. Have they communicated with you how they felt about, you know, dad being gone for a year? And how was that like for you to, I guess, you know, comfort them for that year long? That's a great question. Before he left, we bought several different books, especially for the younger ones. We got some books that he recorded his voice on Mm -hmm. and they still listen to them. Like my son, he had them memorized and that's what we did every single night. We read one of those books, or I guess my husband read it to them. That helped tremendously. Of course, Marco Polo, the app, we would do some Marco Polos because those are great since it won't wake you up. You know, like we could send one to him. He would get it when he woke up and then send it back. It was a little bit different than FaceTime. And of course, just emails back and forth and letters. He would send letters. So just little things here and there. My older one, we would talk about things. I also wouldn't watch the news. And that was a very big, big thing. I just didn't want where he was to come up and have more questions than I might have answers for. Mm. So I kept things pretty guarded in that sense. Wow. I think that's smart to not watch the news. I mean, I still think that's just kind of good advice in general to not watch the news because especially with everything that's going on right now, but also it's like, you know, I can imagine how much I can almost drive you insane. If like you see something in the news in regards to your husband and you can't contact him in that very moment, you know? So it's almost like you have to kind of hold yourself in not denial, but definitely, like you said, kind of like have this bubble where it does feel secure. It feels safe. You have faith that, you know, everything's okay, but to even put something as the news into your head, it's detrimental to even your mental health. So I think that that's a very interesting tip. And I'm curious, Jenny Lynn, has that been something you've done yourself? Or I wonder if that's common amongst our community to do that, but that's the first time I'm really hearing that. And I think it's smart, honestly. Yes. So it's been seven years since I watched the news. (laughs) (laughs) That was Matthew's last deployment. And It's funny because we were living with my parents who were like six o'clock news, like folks, like it Mm. came on and they had it on and that's what they ate dinner to. And it became something that I just had to tune out because the equal portion of fear also comes from, yes, you're afraid they're going to say something and you're not going to have any answers. And also there was a real anger when you knew something was happening and nothing was being said, you know, the incident that my husband was involved in wasn't ever on the nightly news. Like, Mm. and it was the biggest thing that had happened in several years of the war in Afghanistan and it never made the nightly news. And so it was this weird limbo of I'm getting all of this information from him and from the command and this and that, but it's not making like prime time. Like how are other people how don't they know about this? And so for me, it really kind of came to a head. He happened to be deployed when Chris Kyle was killed by another veteran. And I remember like watching the new, like the parade of people for his, and I was like, nope, I'm done. Like I'm out. I can't, like, I cannot take on board any other like hard. Um, And so I haven't watched the news since February of 2013. Wow. (laughs) And I am perfectly okay with that. I'm so proud of you, Jenny Lynn. 
<laughs> I need, it's kind of like, not that I've ever been in AA, but it's like, yeah, I haven't watched the news for this long. And I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I've been sober for this long. No, I think that's incredible. And I think that a lot of us should take after you because I mean, you know, my, my husband's like a big history buff and he does follow the news. I mean, not like the, we don't have a TV, so he'll get, take his news from like his favorite, like podcasters and talk show hosts and stuff like that, like online. But every time he updates me, I'm just like, how is this important to our life right now? Like, how does this impact us like immediately directly other than causing me like additional stress? I think it's a really good point. And it's important to protect like your mental health and your sanity. And sometimes it's not watching the news. Before he left, actually it was after he left, we got them each a daddy doll. I don't know if you've seen those, but they're little dolls and it looked just like him, just in a miniature (laughs) stuffed animal doll form. And they took them everywhere. My two youngest would sleep with them at night. If we went on a trip to the store, they would take it with them. So it was like a security blanket and they always got to be with him and be near him, even if he wasn't there. We have the same. In fact, we probably need to update them for the next deployment because the Navy <laughs> no longer uses the uniforms that we have. <laughs> like they've been discontinued. So it doesn't even look like him anymore because they no longer use those blue camouflage yeah. ones. But yeah, yeah. We, we have those as well. And we have many family photos at like birthday parties where it's me and the kids and the daddy doll. Like that was yeah. our, our family photo for the day. Yeah, I love that. I wish my mom did that for me when I was, when we were military, when we were still in the military, I was like, I didn't have a a daddy doll. Like, I don't know. I just feel like military families have it right today (laughs) in regards to really just, you know, giving that kind of support for your kids. And going back to what you mentioned earlier, Jessica, in regards to, you know, your husband recording for a book, we actually interviewed one of Jenny Lynn's friends, actually Sally Ansall, who runs a nonprofit United through reading, where it is about having the service member record, uh, just kind of have themselves read a book and then take that audio and that book and give it to the child so that they have something, you know, that they can listen to and and hear dad's voice. And so, you know, again, that just kind of reminded me of that conversation, Jenny Lynn. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Oh no. As soon as she started talking, we, we have both. We actually have those books where you like hard copy your voice into the book. And Mm -hmm. as you flip the pages, like Matthew's reading the words. And then we, we also have a ton of United through reading because then that was video of him Mm -hmm. reading the story and then the kids could follow along with the book. So yeah, we did both. And I, I mean, I do think all of those things combined helped connection when he got back. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do, but all of those things and together, like help foster that. Oh, that's who he is. So there isn't this awkward moment on the pier where you're like, who is that guy? That reminds me of the days when we would greet my dad back and he would look different every time because sometimes he would gain like a lot of weight on the ship and then he would lose all that weight like six, seven months (laughs) later. And I'm like, dad, (laughs) you know, but it's just, yeah, I just, I really appreciate those tools, Jessica, that you're sharing because, you know, when I think about like the kids or I think about even my own upbringing in the military life and how it was kind of like, we didn't talk about dad till he, he came back. And then when he did come back, it was very much, um, I mean, it was, I, I, I always like to say that I never felt his absence. I only felt his presence. So when he was around, he was really around, but when he wasn't around, it's like he didn't exist. It was like, okay, you know, mom, mom just helping us go through the motions and go to school and stuff like that. And so, you know, I just appreciate just that consistency, you know, that you and, and even Jenny Lynn does for your kids, because I think about kind of life after the military and just how, even after we had unfortunately lost dad, 
like just again, we acted as if he didn't exist. And that ended up costing me later, like 20 plus years later, wondering why I have abandonment issues and why I have issues with men. So I just say all this because I think you all are setting up your kids for success <laughs> for later in life to have that consistency, you know, with their dad. Yeah, um, I love that because, you know, I was filling the shoes of mom and dad and I didn't want them to constantly be missing him because then they would miss out on that whole year. It would be really hard for them if they were constantly super sad. I wanted them to know like life is going to move on this year. We're going to still do stuff. We're going to make more friends. We're going to still survive this year. (laughs) And you did. You're just looking back like, whoa, I did that. (laughs) Easy, customizable, and delicious. Mixology isn't just for exclusive cocktail lounges anymore, thanks to Jab Mixology, which is actually run by a military spouse, Christy Lawler, who is also a guest on our show. You can learn more about her by checking out episode 40 of Holding Down the Fort back in May 2015, 2020. Wow, that was a while ago. (laughs) All right, anyway, The Jab Mixology blends are as unique to each other as our customers' individual tastes. Pick your favorite blend, pour the mix into the jar, and add your favorite spirit, and in two hours, you have an aromatic cocktail base that elevates beautifully with your favorite mixer. So their proprietary three-piece strainer lid system allows for perfect infusions and strains, and spirit leaving the sediment in the jar where it belongs. Best of all, there is no bartending experience required. One thing I really like about this, what JAB actually stands for, J-A-B, is to just add booze. (laughs) Of course, if you want to make tea as well, that is also an option. So if you are interested in making homemade cocktails or tea for yourself, visit jabmixology.com. That's J-A-B as in just add booze, mixology.com. And use promo code THEFORT, which is spelled T-H-E-F-O-R-T at checkout for a free single refill of every Jab jar. Once again, when you visit jabmixology.com, use the promo code THEFORT at checkout for a free single refill for every Jab jar. Thank you, Christy, so much for this special promo for our listeners here at Holding Down the Fort. So, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, Jessica, is, you know, the importance of effective communication. You having been in the military life for 15 years and taking care of your little ones and moving and PCSing and just everything requires a lot of communication. And so I'm excited again to this topic of effective communication and practicing patience for military life with your spouse and with your kiddos. So we talked a little extensively about your kids, but tell me, especially whether it's that year, that year where you're solo parenting, or even when he's home, like, let us know what are some, I guess, like key things that you want to share with us today in regards to having effective communication and practicing patience with your spouse. (laughs) So first I would say it's a two-way street and our communication story just starts from the very beginning where we were really both open about each other, about our circumstances. We talk about everything, everything that he can talk about, he'll tell me. Mm. And anything that I'm going through, I will tell him. I know a lot of people don't like to, I want to say like, quote, bother them while they're overseas or while they're working, but I still want him to know like what's really going on. 
And that's just a choice that we both decided to make. I don't want to sugarcoat things while he's over there and say like, life is great. We haven't had 17 tantrums today. I want him to know like some of the kids are really having a hard time today and it was not a good day. You know, grandma had to come over while I went outside for five minutes alone, that kind of thing. Mm. So communication is very big. We've done it through text or email. Whatever really needs to happen is what we do. I would send an email at night because that's when I would unload everything. I would maybe go through it a couple of times before I'd actually send it. Mm-hmm. And then he'll send something encouraging back. And that's how I would start my morning is like, okay, he acknowledges that this is hard. He's not there. What am I going to do to move on today? And having him still be part of our lives was very big for both of us. Yeah. There's two things that I really heard in what you shared is like, when you talk about effective communication, you're really talking about transparency saying, Hey, this is really what's going on right now. (laughs) Just so you know, (laughs) got to call grandma, got to step out for like five minutes for (laughs) self-care, five minutes, just five, you know, it's a lot. I know it's a lot, but I got it. And the best part of it though, that I like is the second part is the acknowledgement. Like he, he's like, wow, thank you for sharing. And like you said, those words of encouragement, like, you know, probably like you can get through this and you're an awesome mom, like whatever he says to get you going. Cause I think it could feel really lonely when you are expressing what you're going through to your spouse and they don't really empathize or they, they don't really acknowledge it. Or maybe they go in and say, well, this is what I went through today at work, you know? And so for you both to provide that, to be transparent with each other and acknowledge and validate you know, what you're going through, it does make it feel like he's still there. Right. Like I would imagine that to know that Absolutely. like, like, it's like, Oh, you're a part of this. Like you're here. Like, even though you're not physically here, you're here because you're acknowledging what's going on. And I think that's really powerful and it doesn't replace the in-person, but it definitely helps. Absolutely. And that's why I never say that I'm single parenting. I'm not a single parent. I have mm-hmm. somebody I am in a relationship. He may not physically be here, but he is very much part of part of us and part yeah. of our family. And I, I I do acknowledge that many military spouses don't like to bother them and, and won't say things. And, you know, the mission is their job and all that. And yes, it is, but so is family. So that's just a choice that we have made. Yeah. And it's like, you know, at least with the service member, it's like, you have to remember that you have a home to come back to. And if you don't nurture it while you're away, you know, if you just leave it up to the spouse to, you know, maintain that home, there's going to be that disconnect. You know, there's like this weird expectation of like, okay, I'm going to come home and Jessica is going to roll out the red carpet for me. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. Here's the red carpet. It's a front door. You roll it out yourself and then come in, (laughs) you know, absolutely. (laughs) If they're still potty training, you need to know what you're literally about to step into. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Jenny Lynn, I thought I'd check in with you, see if you had any thoughts. So many thoughts. One, one being, I think with our upcoming, um, sea duty tour, the knowledge that Jessica is sharing is something that I will take into it as a spouse. It's now 12 years in the last time we did this, you know, we, we'd been married two years, three years. Um, and I didn't have the same perspective on communication that Jessica shared. Like I'd kind of sat through several briefings where they were like, Hey, you keep the heart off their plate. Like Mm -hmm. they're doing these things and you keep the heart off their plate and that's your job. And so 
kind of unbeknownst to Matthew, that was the messaging I was getting. And so he returned from his second deployment, which was a back to back and was like, what do you mean all this stuff was happening? Like what? And I was like, I wasn't supposed to tell you. And so we had many, many conversations about (laughs) how he wanted us to communicate and we wanted to communicate in the future because it did not set us up for success. It did Mm. not go well. And, you know, lo and behold, like five years after that, he stumbled upon a military spouse magazine that had an article about how you don't share that. And I was like, see, I was right. Like, this is actually a thing. And he's like, but it's not a thing for us now. And I think that's really where that communication from the start kind of really comes in. Like I said, I mean, we're moving to a sea duty tour and knowing now that he would rather know those things sets us up totally differently than it did before. And again, I mean, now I have 12 years of this lifestyle versus two. (laughs) So all of those things, I think it changes with every deployment too. Like obviously his job this time will be very different than last time because he's the guy in charge versus like the guy working for the guy. And so, you know, all of that kind of changes how you communicate too. And I think that's just a conversation that needs to be had beforehand and probably ongoing. And here's my, you know, ding, ding, ding. Like this is where couples therapy comes in really great. Like we have learned great skills to set us up for this next phase of military life because we took the time to like learn all of those things about each other and have someone help us kind of craft what it looked like moving forward for us to communicate effectively. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm hearing is that if you just listen to what I guess the briefings tell you and what the military tells you, they tell you that as a spouse, you have to sort of self-sacrifice and you have to suck it up and not, let's say, burden the service member with the problems at home. But the thing that you both had figured out, or especially you, Jessica, very early on is you decided as a couple we're going to be transparent. We're going to share all this. And I can imagine that that probably set you two up for success more so than the average couple that, you know, especially a spouse who feels alone and isolated can't share these things. And it really takes a toll on them. And I think both parties feel alone and, you know, there's no connection. There's no way to kind of build that bridge. So then when the reintegration happens and they're back for a little bit, I even feel like I'm at a loss of words to even describe that because I I can only imagine like if there's already that disconnect, it's even more difficult when they come back home, I imagine. And so anyway, what I'm hearing in this conversation is that, yes, you can be transparent. You should be transparent, you know, with your spouse, because like that's how you're going to maintain a solid foundation, especially when you do have to solo parent. But I'm just taking this all in and I'm really just appreciating the wisdom from both of you. And I think it has to be a two-way street. And I think it definitely needs to be discussed with your spouse before they leave for their deployment and discuss like how much you would want to know. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't tell him my entire day. I would tell him the bigger things. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, because he is still dealing with stuff out there and he didn't tell me what he was going through. Yeah. I know it was still hard, but I really think that that is something that definitely helped us. And like you were saying, I cannot imagine him coming back if I didn't talk to him like I did. And if we didn't share things, that's like, it was like a scary thought when you were saying that, like, oh my gosh, what would that be like? And honestly, and I'm very thankful for this. Our reintegration was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. There were no hiccups. And I was slightly worried because you hear stories about how hard it is and how it takes an adjustment period. And there was no adjustment period. Because we had been communicating the entire time. 
Wow. Well, kudos to you, Jessica. I think a lot of us can learn from you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, no readjustment period. That's a thing, huh? Neat. <laughs> like, not at our house. <laughs> you know, so going forward, I hope with more effective communication, we can at least shorten the length of readjustment time at the Stroop house. That would be preferable. I guess you should say maybe that's where the whole pandemic thing comes in because there was a lot of other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, got a little crazy at the end, but we seamlessly ended up in Germany without killing each other. <laughs> That's and, always good to know. Yeah. <laughs> always positive. Yep. That you yeah. made it to the other side and you're both still we standing. Did. We actually had a two week quarantine right when we got to Germany, you know, mm-hmm. could not leave our front door. So we were stuck together, all five of us in a small house for two straight weeks. And it actually ended up being a blessing. I was very nervous about it, but it was a huge blessing because we got two weeks together. Yeah. To just be a family. And it was amazing. So I think that's where our reintegration really was, is we got to just hang out. It mm. was great. I love that's that. Awesome. that. That is so beautiful, Jessica. Wow. Well, I mean, 30 minutes flew by really fast here. I was just like into this conversation. Jessica, you're amazing. And I just want to applaud you for your resiliency and positivity. And I think optimism of your life. I mean, obviously you've been in this for quite some time, so it sounds like you got a handle on it for the most part. But the thing I really took from our conversation is just that that transparency early on or having that agreement of like, how much do you want of me to disclose in my life to you and vice versa? To me, I really feel like it sets you up for success. Other than that, is there anything else that you want to share with our military community, particularly our spouses in regards to communication tips? So you mentioned patience Mm -hmm. in a couple of the questions and I kind of bypassed that because I am not the most patient person, (laughs) especially with three young kids, solo parenting for a year. But I think if I could, just looking back, I think that early bedtimes just helps with the patience because mm-hmm. your patients wear thin as the night goes on and just giving them some alone time because they need it as much as you do, you know, to be by themselves, have quiet time, read a book, play together. And then, you know, if you put them in their rooms at seven, lights out at eight, like mm. they don't have to go to bed right away. Just have some quiet time. Also self-care for yourself. That helped tremendously. I would hire a babysitter to come over two or three times a week in the morning to watch the little one. And I would go do something that was very beneficial to me. If that means hiring someone to come clean your house so you don't have to worry about it, like do that. That's going to help your patients later. So you're not yelling at whoever for not cleaning things up. So just different methods of being patient and finding workarounds when you're the only one that's, that's there to do the all work. Yeah, definitely. Like leveraging like other resources, like having a babysitter and a housekeeper or house cleaner to be able to pick up the slack for things that you just don't have time for <laughs> at that time. Or energy. Yeah. Or energy. energy. Yeah. The last question I want to ask you, Jessica, is at this point in your journey so far as a military spouse and mom of three young kids, uh, what are you most proud of? Wow. That's a question. <laughs> I'm, I'm most proud of really surviving that year. It mm. was a very crazy year. Looking back on it on my blog, I wrote out everything that happened in the end of 2019 and through 2020. And it was just crazy. We <laughs> moved across the world during a pandemic right after a year plus long deployment with three kids. Like it just blows my mind that that actually all happened and that we ended up on the other side. I'm very proud of that. 
I'm very proud of you. That's just ridiculous in the best, well, in the best way possible. So Jessica, <laughs> kudos to you and just your continuous, amazing journey of this military life. I echo Jessica's things you can do for your kids and for yourself. I had a similar setup during deployment. I hired somebody once a week to watch the boys. And it was either for me to go do dentist and doctor therapy, and also just to go eat lunch by myself and read a book uninterrupted. And those small things end up making such a big deposit in how you are able to weather you know, these separations and things, you know, and I've also learned over my years as a wife and military spouse and mom, like there's some things I just can't care about. Laundry for me is one of those things. Like it may be clean and it may sit in the hamper for, you know, clean and unfolded four days. And that is just something I quite frankly, don't care about. Can you find your underwear? Great. Like go (laughs) pull it out of the pile. And I think kind of learning those things helps a lot with that solo, that solo parenting journey. Cause you can't do it all. I mean, we are super in a lot of ways and have a lot of superhuman strength sometimes. And also we are human and you just can't care about it all. There's no way and not enough time in the day. So, you know, early bedtime, finding a sitter, eating by yourself, all really good things to do. I just feel like today's conversation was just such a good self-care talk. So, so thank you, ladies. (laughs) You're welcome. Don't care about your laundry today. You're welcome. (laughs) You know, since we bring up laundry quite often, so I should share with you what I do with my laundry. (laughs) Yeah, I don't fold them. We have boxes. I'm like, okay, here's the box of underwear. Here's the box of shirts. Like we have a steamer. If you need to like straighten anything out, there you go. But I literally don't like fold things. I just keep them in boxes. That's just kind of been my thing. And I'm okay with that. I'm like, I don't care. Like, especially now with the pandemic, it's like, I just need to have a nice top. (laughs) And you know, that's it. Other than that, it's fine. I don't need, I don't need to care too much about doing perfect laundry. Maybe I'll fold the towels. Maybe not. I don't know, but I love it. I love constantly bringing that up because it's like, yeah, you don't have to care about everything. And if your boys can find their underwear, there you go. Problem solved. (laughs) There you go. Correct. Everybody has something. Oh, the biggest tip. I don't know how I missed this. Mm -hmm. Get yourself some plastic or paper plates and don't wash dishes every single night. How did I forget that? (laughs) I'm sorry, but when you're going through a deployment, you make your life a little bit easier because doing the dishes was the worst part. Mm. That was the worst part is having to wash dishes every single night. So some nights we didn't most nights towards the (laughs) end. We did not. (laughs) I love that. I love that attitude. I had a friend growing up where they never had like, like their own silverware plates and, you know, glass plates and bowls and stuff. They just had paper plates. And I was like, I mean, yeah, sure. If some can debate that's bad for the economy, but Hey, it's kind of practical. If, uh, if you're not going to be a professional dishwasher, <laughs> yeah. So get some paper plates, you know, like if you're not going to make a living out of that, yeah, it's okay. You know, but no, I, I love, I love that tip, Jessica. And I just absolutely love everything that you shared on our show today. And so with that said, let us know, uh, let our listeners know, and this will be provided in the show notes, but let us know how can people find you online if they want to learn about more about you and your blog and just, you know, overall follow your journey. Yeah. So I have a blog called Jessica Lynn writes, writes like you're writing a note to your special person. <laughs> and so jessicalinwrites.com. And then I'm on Instagram at jestagirl, J-E-S-S-T-A-G-I-R-L. Awesome. I love it. 
Wow. Well, that flew by really fast. I'm very impressed. I I was just like so into this conversation. And with our listeners, we hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.